I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? Let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Does Greg learn hypnosis? What does Greg accomplish? Why does speaking in the third person feel so weird? And how does hypnosis actually work? We're going to attempt to explain these questions in part two of Into the Spiral, Greg's journey into hypnosis, coming up on Open Loops. Into the Spiral, part two. A couple of corrections from the last episode. I realized that it must have been my senior year when the hypnotist came. There's no way it wasn't. Senior year, high school, got the book, learned the stuff, hypnotized my friends, hypnotized people at cast party dinners, freshman year of college when I was trying to impress girls. Uh, yeah, things were, things were definitely, definitely very interesting to have that tool in my back pocket. Today I want to explore more what I did learn about hypnosis, what I learned back then, what I've learned now, some definitions, some clarity, and really getting into what makes it much less scary than people think it is. You know, uh, there are a lot of different – the joke among hypnotists is that there are as many definitions of hypnosis as there are hypnotists. Uh, and that's the best joke hypnotists have. Why? Because most of them are creepy old men, and creepy old men have terrible – terrible senses of humor. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Uh, no, no. Here, here's what I mean. I, I know that there are hypnotists that have better jokes than that, but the point is this. Yes, hypnosis. I, I could have called this podcast, but the point is this, by the way, because uh, <laughs> I know I'm going to say that a lot. What is hypnosis? A lot of people start with, you know, if you look it up on, on Google, it talks about a heightened state of suggestibility, a relaxed state. One of my mentors, a uh, magician mentor, that, uh, well, he, he was a great magician, uh, he 
not so great a person. So I'm like, oh gosh, I better not talk about this guy. Uh, I won't mention his name right now, but he was interested in hypnosis. He played around with it. He described to me what it was is the place between dreaming and waking up where you're kind of having ideas, but you're semi-conscious. It's that state. It's generating that state in people. Yeah, maybe. Also, relaxation. I mean, what I knew about hypnosis at the time was that you could relax people into it. Your legs are feeling heavier. Uh, by the way, it, uh, this part I'm going to uh, do an example of an induction, but do not listen to the next five minutes if you are operating heavy machinery or any sort of motor vehicle. Uh, if you need to stay awake, this might trance you out. So please, I'm making that precaution now. What a relaxotherapist does is they take people through something like this. And you can test this out if you want. Imagine, right now, as you're sitting in your chair, listening to my voice, your body starts feeling heavier. I want you to imagine, right now, close your eyes, drop your hands, and just sit there. Imagine yourself right now feeling heavy as your eyes close down even more. And as you sit there listening to my voice, my voice allows you to drift deeper and deeper into hypnosis. That's right. And I want you to feel the bottom of your feet start getting heavier and heavier, and your legs even more being pulled into the earth out of your control. And as you allow yourself to just drift into that deep state, you're going inside your subconscious mind deeper and deeper. Yes. Allow yourself to drift down even more. Feel yourself getting more and more relaxed now. As your head starts to fall forward, your arms feeling heavier and heavier, more and more relaxed. Deeper into hypnosis, my voice taking you down. And as you sit there, I'm going to count from one to five. And when I do, you're going to wake up feeling fully energized, fully awake, sharp mind, ready to go. One, feeling more and more awake. Two, sitting up, taking a deep, deep breath in. Three, clear energy flowing through your veins, through your blood, electricity shooting through your body, waking up to four, and then feeling alive on five, sitting up straight, sharp, alert, feeling good, feeling great. Welcome back. You can continue listening now. Now, what that was was a 
three-minute version of what a hypnotherapist or stage hypnotist typically does to bring you into the suggestive state. Why does it work? Jeffrey Stevens, the man who mentored me, or, oh gosh, he didn't mentor me, he taught me, I uh, took a class about hypnosis, it was a free hypnosis training, because I leveraged finding the location, this guy was like, hey, if you find us a place in Boston, where we can hold this training, you can come attend it, so I did a lot of research to find a location, and they did it, and the training was booked, and Jeffrey Stevens taught me his direct method of hypnotizing people. He believed that hypnosis was about focusing your conscious attention so much that your subconscious opens up. He actually, he, he drew a circle and a dot, and he's like, this is your whole brain, the dot is your conscious mind. A hypnotist takes the whole brain and zeroes in on that dot, that one spot, so your conscious attention is fully occupied. And then once you start saying suggestions, your subconscious takes them. The other definition is about bypassing the critical faculty of the conscious mind to leave you open to new states, suggestions. Um, that's like a combination of David Elman's or Dave Elman's definition of hypnosis. Dave Elman was one of the predominant voices in hypnotherapy. His book, Hypnotherapy by Dave Elman, is perhaps the greatest introduction to hypnotherapy ever. Uh, bypassing the critical faculty. Sometimes they say critical factor. What that basically means is this. We have a distinction of reality and, and what's true in the world that uh, occupies our waking thoughts. When we're alive, we're like, oh, yeah, this is the way work, this is the way the world works. So we move through the world believing certain things that are true, things we know is true, that we judge. People that say to me, I can't be hypnotized, they have very strong critical faculties because that just means they are constantly uh, in that conscious state being like, nope, this thing doesn't exist. They kind of lock their brain into... Uh, one state of mind that is very much reality-oriented, not open to the uh, fantasizing that I'm very much a proponent of this podcast. That's what this podcast is about. And then they go through life being like, oh, oh, reality, reality, oh, this is fake, this is real, da-da-da-da-da. If you can suspend that judgmental voice in your head, if you can lock that part of the brain around something, a process, the if maybe it's the words, relaxing, maybe it's uh, maybe it's about going deeper, or telling your it, it really focusing. I mean, Jeffrey Stevens was great at this. He would take someone's hand, put it on a chalkboard, say focus on that spot on the back of your hand, and as you're focusing, feel that hand getting stuck 
to the wall and the harder you look at that spot the more stuck to the wall it becomes find yourself find that the harder you try to remove your hand from that wall the more stuck it becomes and their hand would be stuck why because he was fo having them focus in on this one spot on their hand so that the suggestions of stuckness were occupying his subconscious. He was locking his mind around that spot. Critically, the faculty is suspended, bypassing the conscious mind into the state of hypnosis. Oh gosh, that's a whole nother debate. Is it a state? Is it a process? Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, hypnotists still don't know. They don't agree. But the important thing about this, and I think what Jeffrey Stevens opened me up to believing beyond what that How to Hypnotize Your Friends for Fun book that I got in high school, was the idea that hypnosis does not have to equal trance. Another hypnotist, you can look him up on YouTube, James Tripp, he is amazing. Uh, he, he created a modality of hypnosis called hypnosis without trance. And his whole thing is that he doesn't think trance is real at all. Um, you know, he has a very smart, uh, intricate way of getting into a trance state or getting into a hypnosis experience that's a little more, in my experience, complicated than what Jeffrey Stevens was teaching me. But still similar his model james trip is just a little more intricate jeffrey stevens was all about like stripping it down to its simplicity focus following instructions given by the hypnotist you're gonna get hypnosis phenomenon that was his idea uh, but james trip very much is about getting people <laughs> interesting into loops a belief loop where Oh, man, I can't break this down off the top of my head. That's what I'm talking. Can get into that in another episode. I'm definitely going to get into James Tripp's, James Tripp's work a lot more uh, because he talks about belief, imagination, feeling, emotion. Uh, it, he kind of creates a cycle where the hypnotist creates a loop for someone's brain to occupy so that their experience of reality blends in to what the hypnosis is suggesting and then the realities merge so that you're leveraging the belief of the subject with the or the hypno t makes them feel a little more uh less like a like a slave in that way uh the hypno t and the hypnotist blending together so that it almost alchemizes the reality so that that person takes on a new belief whether that belief is that they're a non-smoker or that belief is that uh every time they look at you they think you're zach efron which i have managed to make people believe before with hypnosis this stuff is powerful so getting back to what jeffrey was talking about the magic of it was that and james they were like look you don't need trance to induce hypnotic phenomenon and a lot of hypnotists had been saying that but these guys really drew it out. They're like, you do not need to 
make them go deeper, going in this state where they, you know, magical things happen. Really what it is, is you can quickly get someone to open up their subconscious mind to suggestion if you lock their mind around a single idea or bypass the critical faculty um, in sneakier ways. Um, that could be covertly, like you're telling a story and all of a sudden you're using words in that story to get them to drift off into a different state of mind, which mm, I've experienced it myself, hypnotists are able to do, or uh, overtly, which is, you know, put your hand down on my hand, my hand's pressing up against their hand, all right, my hand's pressing up, push down, push down, I quickly slip my hand out from under them, they're shocked by the reaction, you say sleep in that moment of shock, and then you direct them to go deeper, deeper, deeper. Shock inductions, surprise inductions, confusion inductions. It's, hypnosis isn't a long, sort of drawn-out process. It's a switch from waking state to open-to-suggestion state. And you can build that through a variety of processes. I was talking about suggestibility tests in the last episode that, you know, the book I read in high school said you need to go through all these things. You need to make people think their feet are stuck to the ground. You need to lock their hands together so they can't take them apart. Uh, the balloon and the library books test. And then you go into your induction. And then you go into your deepeners. And, th and then you begin your first suggestion, and then you go into amnesia, and once you have amnesia, you then go into hallucination, and then what's amazing is that you don't even have to keep saying sleep and having them drop into a state. Uh, you can just tap them on the head and tell them something new. As long as they're following your directions, you can have an amazing hypnosis show without going through all the drawn-out stuff, but... You don't even need to move if you you don't need to move past the suggestibility test into that going deeper induction. You can have someone sitting on stage. First thing you do is you tell them, "Hey, put out your hands. Imagine on your right hand stack of library books. They're getting heavier and heavier and heavier. As that hand's getting heavier and heavier, you see the library books stacking on top of it. Left hand, the balloons are tied around your wrist. 100 balloons, 1,000 balloons going higher and higher and higher. You can test this yourself, by the way. You can sit in a chair and imagine these scenarios. Imagine your right hand, Library books, left hand, balloons. Imagine it. Really allow yourself to feel it. And guess what? You're inducing self-hypnosis when you do that, and there's an automatic response. When you're not, like, play acting, there's a difference between acting and hypnosis, by the way. Big difference. One is you're still in conscious control. The other is a complete surrender. You can do this to yourself, and you'll be in hypnosis. A hypnotist can go on stage, and if people in line are really, you can see their eyes are a little defocused, the right hand's dropping and the left hand is rising, a hypnotist can go up to that person, quickly grab the hand that's rising, cross it over the right hand, and say sleep, and that person will drop down into trance. 
it takes a skilled person to be able to do that. Or, sorry, beg your pardon, because people use these words interchangeably. Say sleep, they drop into hypnosis. Trance isn't required. Trance is an effect of hypnosis, is what Jeffrey C. Stevens taught me. Uh, trance is a phenomenon of hypnosis. What things can be induced in hypnosis? Trance-like states, uh, drug states, if you've ever had a drug or a drink in your life and you felt drunk or been high, even if you've tripped on acid before, anything your brain has previously experienced from a drug exists in your brain. Remember they teach you about how the, the drug is, like marijuana, for instance, is releasing THC in your brain. The drug isn't doing it. Your brain's doing it. And once that's been released, those chemicals have been released, your brain and your subconscious still has access to those states. A hypnotist, I've done it, can go in and make people feel drunk again without drinking, high again without smoking, uh, joyful again without years of therapy. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a magical, magical thing. I studied Anthony Jacqueline's materials. I, I know I mentioned the last episode, the, uh, the, the stuff that his book, Reality is Plastic, and I, uh, the Trilby, oh, that's what it's called, the Trilby Connection, DVD by Anthony Jacqueline, where he teaches this woman who's never hypnotized anyone in her entire life how to lead someone through, go up to a stranger in a bar and hypnotize them uh, to be able to forget their name, to see hallucinations, like the training was great. He teaches a woman who has no experience with hypnosis exactly how to hypnotize. So cool. Uh, I studied that video and somebody told me, at a friend of mine who worked with me in the uh, murder mystery company I performed with that said, Greg, I'm doing an immersive theater event where, which is a tribute to Shakespeare. Um, it's going to be like a, a Shakespeare meets brothel kind of event, which is already sort of intriguing. Uh, and she was, she said, Greg, I want you to be a hypnotist. Uh, this could be a great excuse for you to practice. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Make something up. You're an actor, but go around and kind of sell people hypnotic drugs so guess what that's what i did i went i did this event it was one night and what ended up happening was it was less that i was going around and talking to people and more that i had a booth in a way a, a seat a stool where people sat i dropped people in the trance and i went through all the phenomenon which let me go back to that amnesia trance-like states drug-like states, hallucinations, physical, auditory, physical, um, uh, or mental, sort of like, like, uh, like you can make change emotions, you can change uh, people's, their creativity, you can inspire creativity uh, in trance, you can, hmm, what else is there? I mean, the negative hallucinations are awesome because that's invisibility. Uh, you know, I've made myself invisible and then you're lifting up pens and cups and people are freaking out. That's awesome. So the hallucinations, the amnesia, 
Um, the the hypernesia, which is like increasing memory to be exact, and time distortion. Oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite hypnotic phenomena, where you can experience rehearsing something for months in a matter of seconds because your brain, your subconscious doesn't recognize time. So you can speed up your experience of something in your mind. And then once you wake up out of trance, you have the skill. Uh, deep trance identification, love it. It's a topic I want to explore a lot more. And what this is, is the process of going inside someone's subconscious mind whose experiences you want to model. If there's an actor, an athlete, a great business person, basically you have a deep trance experience where you become that person hypnotically and then distill the values from them to become like them, to take on their traits. Milton Erickson, perhaps the greatest hypnotist ever, in people's minds. <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with that, but he's historically, Dave Elman and Milton Erickson are like the two fathers of hypnosis, the grandfathers, if you will. Uh, Milton was a hypnotherapist. When I was talking earlier about covert hypnosis, he's a pioneer of using stories and metaphors to get people in trance and change their lives. Milton was, why was I telling you this story? Uh, I was talking about memory, speeding up things. Oh, deep trance identification. Okay, so Stephen Gilligan is a student of Milton Erickson. Stephen Gilligan modeled Milton Erickson. He went into deep trance identification and became him. Milton had polio. Milton sat in a wheelchair. Stephen Gilligan took on all those traits just to get inside to become a better hypnotist. And he did this for like at least a week, I believe. Um, could have been like a good couple of days too. Whatever it was, it was a long enough period of time that when he came out, he didn't have the polio traits. You know, he could move his body fully, stand up, all that stuff. But he became a better hypnotist. That kind of stuff you can do. Uh, you know, I made... Uh, I mean, this woman at the night of the Shakespeare show, a Shakespeare immersive event, she came down to and sat down and I made her visualize stuff that wasn't there. And her boyfriend said to me, Greg, make her experience, I'll just say it, orgasm. He wanted this for his girlfriend. And the thing you do with that for entertainment purposes is every time you touch a shoulder, you feel the most pleasurable experience you've ever felt. Uh, every time I touch it, it amplifies. Um, it's not going to be me that's causing it. It's your boyfriend. Uh, but every time I touch your shoulder, you're going to feel that. I'm going to tell you, there were people that night that didn't believe I could hypnotize people that are still shocked to this day at what I accomplished with that girl. Um, it was a resounding success for me. The stuff works. And I wasn't doing the long drawn out inductions at that point. I was doing the quick stuff, grabbing people's hands uh, quickly, you know, uh, grabbing hands and, and moving them in weird positions, saying a couple of sentences and then they're confused and bim boom, sleep, you're in. I was able to do it. So, really, the conclusion of this is this. 
Yes, I can hypnotize. No, I'm not perfect at it. Yes, I love it, and I'm going to be exploring and teaching you more about what I'm learning as I explore more of this on this show. And really, at the end of the day, if you can get your conscious mind focused in on something, so much so, uh, get your conscious mind zoned in on something, so much so that your subconscious is allowed to come out and then you can bring in suggestions, then there's a whole realm of your inner self that's been untapped that you get to play with. That's what I love about hypnosis. And that's why I'm still going deeper into the spiral. I'm going deeper into the spiral. All right, this has been... Well, that was the conclusion of our introductory series about hypnosis. Series meaning two episodes, and I felt that I needed to break it up into two. Can a series be two episodes? <sighs> These are the questions I wonder. But the more I go into the questions, the more you all have to come with me. Because the questions are what this is all about, and the answers are somewhere deep inside. All right, enough of that mini hypnotic trance. You've been listening to Hypnosis Into the Spiral as part of episode four. Open loops. We'll be back soon. <laughs>